interviewing your favorite musicians, comedians, and other creative souls. This is The Carrie Edelman Show. Welcome to The Carrie Edelman Show. I am so excited today as we have the award-winning illustrator, writer, and cartoonist David DeGrand coming on momentarily. So before I bring him on, I always like to do a brief introduction to my show. He's going to be accompanying some of the amazing artists and creative individuals that I've had the pleasure and honor of interviewing over the years that I've been doing this podcast. Some of those people have included comedian and head writer for Seinfeld, Peter Melman, co-creator of The Daily Show and former David Letterman TV producer, Madeline Smithberg, New York Times bestselling author, Jennifer Keshen Armstrong, and award-winning cartoonist and illustrator for The New Yorker, Bob Eckstein, to name a few. So if you've heard my show before, it's, it's a different type of interview. I really like to get involved in a person's life story and take you on a journey of who they really are. We know they're amazingly talented um, with their careers and the backgrounds that they have, but I want to do a little bit of a, a different style today. So we will get into all of his cartooning, his writing, and definitely his wickedly funny sense of humor, but we're going to learn a lot about who uh, David is too. Also, I also like to point out that um, I do have a doctorate in clinical psychology. My show, though, is an entertainment show. We are not doing any therapy on my show or any type of assessments, but there might be times where we delve into some psychological topics, of course, in a more general and educational manner. So if you're tuning in, you could create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to blogtalkradio.com. And let's do an introduction now for David, and then we'll bring him on. So as I mentioned, he's an award-winning cartoonist, illustrator, and writer. He's from Weatherford, Texas. And the roster of clients that this guy has worked with are just beyond impressive. He's illustrated and written for Mad Magazine, SpongeBob Comics, The Simpsons, Garfield, and Uncle Grandpa, to name a few. He's also illustrated numerous children's books, including The Zombie Chasers and Worlds of Weird Animal series. More recently, he designed the animated series Death Hacks for Augen Blick Studios, which is really cool. I've checked a couple of those out. I think it's on TikTok. He'll tell us about that today. And also stay tuned. He's going to be having a graphic novel that he illustrated titled Snot Goblins and Other Tasteless Tales that will be coming out in the summer of 2023. So for more information, you can visit David and his illustrations, as well as he does have some interesting products, which hopefully we'll talk about today, too, by going to dgrandland.com. All right. So let's bring David on. Hello. Hey, how are you? Hey, I'm great. Thanks for having me on. This will be fun. Yeah. No, thank you for joining me, David. It is an yeah. absolute pleasure. Oh, I've my been... pleasure following you on Facebook for a while. I love looking at your illustrations. And one of the things I thought that would be interesting too, and then we're going to delve into your, um, your life story and everything was that, you know, with the month being October and mm -hmm. Halloween and, and your stuff being about, you know, horror and grossness yeah. and all that stuff. I thought, <laughs> I thought this would be a perfect time yeah. to bring oh, that yeah. on. <laughs> no, no, this is great. Yeah. This is my favorite time of year. I love anyone that looks at my artwork for two seconds. will see. I love anything gross, weird. I've always been a big monster fan, you know, since I was a kid. And, uh, yeah, it just all just speaks to me, you know. So, yeah, this is the time of year. I just have a lot of fun. With, awesome. Uh, awesome. Everything. So, yeah. Yeah, let's later, in the interview, too, let's later talk a little bit about maybe, you know, your your background when you were growing up and why you were interested in Halloween. We'll do that a little later. But, okay. yeah, to start yeah. out, again, thanks so much for, for coming on. You're an amazing talent. And as I said. Um, Thank you so much. 
definitely have a, a wicked sense of humor, and I definitely, with my background, I'm not <laughs> going to get into it on the air, but um, I work in a correctional <laughs> setting. Yeah. Um, oh, so okay. I definitely have yeah. a, a, a funny sense of humor and sometimes a little, you know, off, off awesome. uh, whatever, so to speak, just because of my little, background. But little dark, sure. Yeah, no, I can appreciate Absolutely. that. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So tell us a little bit about, you know, you're from Weatherford, Texas, correct? Yes. Yeah. I, I, I live here now. This is the town that I grew up in. And um, I've always really liked it here. I stay close by to kind of be close to my parents because of some health issues. But, uh, but yeah, it's just a, a nice little little community here. We're about an hour west of Dallas, you know. Oh, and, nice. Um, so if I want to go, you know, yeah, if I wanna, there's a lot of great art museums in the Dallas-Fort Worth area that I like to go to. And, and so, yeah, we really like it here. It's a perfect place for us. That's great. That's great. Um, so let's talk yeah. about this. Like just – Start out by, again, as young as you can remember. I always like to, again, delve into the, the history and the background. So reflecting back, okay. like when you were really little, whatever age you can recall, you know, yeah. what specifically drove you to, you know, get interested in, um, like you would say, gross horror yeah. comedy for kids? Which I love that term. I'd never heard that before until I started doing research on oh, you. I'm yeah. like, oh, that's an interesting like, term. So, yeah, tell us a little about yeah. you know, what, what was your first, like, I don't know, whether it was a TV show, I know you were interested in sure, the Sunday yeah. Funnies. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, as far you know, I grew up in the 80s. I was an 80s kid, and that was kind of, like, what I like to call the golden age of gross because it was, like, you had stuff like like Mad Balls, which were, like, these gross little, like, yep. foam heads that for kids to play with. And, like, and there was, like, like Ninja Turtles were real big, you know, it was, like, full of slime and mutated stuff, and, and like, in Ghost, I was a huge fan of Ghostbusters, you know, the movie and the cartoon, and then Absolutely. And the first image I remember, yeah, and, like, the first thing I remember as a kid, like, scaring me but making me laugh at the same time was the, the large Marge scene in TV's Big Adventure. I was, like, six years old, and, like, and I don't know if you remember the scene, but, like, TV's in the truck riding with like this truck driver and she's telling the scary ghost story. And then all of a sudden she turns into this stop motion animated gruesome face and it like, and it's scary, but funny. And like okay. that for some reason just struck a chord with me and like really just hit on like everything that I was like, I didn't know at the time, but like if I ever create something, I want to create that feeling in people <laughs> to, like be repulsed and also kind of like, you know, giggle at it also. So like that combination. So I'd, I would say, that credit Tim Burton, he directed that movie for, uh, uh, you know, launching my creative, like, mind, you know, <laughs> uh, at an early age. So I, uh, those Definitely. things, I think, in particular, I can trace back to my weird. And then when, um, so, like, when I was that age, I didn't really, I drew like every kid did, you know, like, doodling and like every kid does. And, um, mm -hmm. and I never really thought about drawing comic shifts in particular, you know. I, I would make my own books and, like, I never really thought, like, I want to be a cartoonist when I grew up until I was in the fifth grade and I had this amazing art teacher that assigned the uh, class to do a, um, uh, a comic strip. And, um, and, uh, and I, and I was like, Oh, I never thought about doing it before just on my own. So right. I'll, uh, okay, I'll, I'll do it. So, you know, so I came up with a funny idea and I can't even really remember what the gag is now, but um, uh, I, I turned it in and she like, did what I never thought would happen was she laughed at it and like and she, nice. she thought it was really funny and she yeah and she she encouraged me she told me you know what this is really good or I'm gonna publish it in this little like 
school newspaper uh, that they that they had in a in um and so I saw my art in print and she was just awesome and she was like you know you could really you know if you keep at this I think you could do something with this and that's amazing and I was like that's just incredible yeah and so teach like I'll always give you know credit to teachers who can inspire kids like that it means the world and um yeah I'll always and- credit her for uh, uh yeah. And I wanted, to, and you can't, right, I was going to ask you one of the questions. That's that's amazing, just like you said. I think it's so, we'll digress uh-huh. for a second, but I think it's, yeah, it's so important sure. to have someone in your life that inspires you, whether it's early on or even later on. You know, it's that, that, that person or persons oh, sure. that you remember and that give you that confidence. Um, her name was Paula Art, yeah. right? Yeah. That's right. Now, yeah, yeah. And she's, uh, I think she's still an art teacher here in town also, like they so have you, have you had ago. contact with her since you've become so successful? I I did. I reached out to her on uh, uh, LinkedIn, and I found her, and I just sent her a message uh, saying, Aww. "Hey, like, you may not remember me, but like, you <laughs> you know, you inspired me, and I became, I grew up to do this as a career." And and she was awesome. She was like, "Thank you. That means a lot." And it helped her to like make a decision whether she was going to retire or not. You know, early, and I think she decided to keep on teaching for a few more years nice. that, you know, knowing that she made an impact. And so, yeah, I know it was amazing and she's, uh, she's awesome. And, uh, I'm glad that she didn't, she inspired me as much as I guess I inspired her hopefully. So. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely had a, yeah. definitely came back to her, um, full circle. So no, that's, that's great. That's yeah. great. So, yeah. No, it was, and then, it was awesome. Yeah. As we're talking about that, let's just digress a tiny bit more just cause I know that you also were interested in, which I thought was, cool to read you were also interested in monsters mm-hmm. and Godzilla and it was funny when I read that because yeah. I, I also liked Godzilla growing up and you know I remember oh, cool. watching those, yeah. those movies and I even I don't know if you had any yeah. of the, the products but I remember there was like this plastic Godzilla maybe like a foot foot mm-hmm. and a half tall and there was somewhere where his like tongue came out and it had like little fire oh, on yeah. it and I don't know if you know I what know. I'm we're talking about I know exactly the toy. I never had that one, but I have a little, I have a smaller version of it that a company put out a year or so ago. But uh, yeah, it has like, and he had like a rocket fist, I think, that would shoot out for some weird reason. You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's so like you toy. said, yeah, it's so long yeah. ago. And like, well, I think what struck a chord with me about, especially Godzilla movies, for one, was like, I mean, as a kid, I was like, you know, it's a giant monster stomping on buildings. That's just plain cool. But like, for me, and when I watch those old ones now, like from the 50s and 60s, it's, I love like mm-hmm. that. It looks almost like a handmade, like an analog aesthetic, you know, where it's like, you know, it's just like a rubber suit, like I had a rubber suit stomping on model cities and like, and it's still, you still get like kind of, it can still inspire awe in me with something kind of so simple. And I know those are fairly right. complicated effects for the time, but it's like, it's such a stark contrast to, you know, now everything is so slick and computer right. generated and nothing, like anything wrong with that, just the contrast between the the visuals of those movies struck a horror me now then and, and now too it's just fun to watch well i think that's i think that's a perfect thing that you say because when i'm thinking i'm just kind of again just thinking horror because i'm into horror movies too you know like i'm thinking yeah. back to awesome. like um texas chainsaw like that original oh, one man. you yeah. cannot you know like i don't the grittiness of it and just yeah. yeah, like, like, and, and there's something, even though it is gory at times, you know, a lot of it you don't really, you can't see what's going on, and it's kind of your mind no, trying like, to figure out that, that makes and, you even more scared. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great, and that's, honestly, that is my all-time favorite horror movie, The Texas nice. Chainsaw Massacre, and because for those reasons that you mentioned, it's like, it's a really good exercise in restraint, but also, you know, suggestion, yeah. 
and uh and, uh, and yeah and that yeah that, that gritty like you see the film grain and you can just mm-hmm. feel it all hot and sweaty and nasty that you know that movie is like lightning in a bottle i've never seen another movie capture like a nightmare like that movie does you know i just no, i'm in definitely. awe of that movie how they made it with hardly any money and other than just talent and gumption you know and and some and uh, some bones. <laughs> right, and I think that's what's missing today. Yeah. Again, there are some great horror movies, but I think when I reflect back on some yeah. of those types, it's just so hard, and I think I have such a high bar, you know what I mean, that everyone's like, oh, yeah, you're, you're just too, too, like, particular, or you're too, you know... <laughs> Oh, no, no, I, I'm the same. I'm the same way. I'm. I can be a movie snob, but of course, like I love like <laughs> low budget. You know, yeah, it's weird. I have a really weird taste. Like I, you know, I love Texas Chainsaw. I love the Toxic Avenger. It's one of my favorite horror movies. You know, because okay. it's like it's funny and gross and violent at the same time. But it, and they ended up turning into a kids show. You know, in the late eighties. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> so yeah, like anything because okay. it's like those real practical rubber effects. You know, that were big in the eighties. You know. Mm. Definitely. Uh, made it still make an impact on me, yeah. Okay. All right. I didn't want to digress too yeah. much, but okay. But no, I wanted to bring sure. some of that yeah. stuff in. Um, so, okay. No, so I can talk, talk about, about that stuff all day long, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we could, we'll do a separate podcast just on horror movies. We could do that. Maybe yeah, you and I can I'll, start I'll, one. I'm there. <laughs> Heck yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah, let's get back to talking a little bit about, so, right, your fifth grade teacher, she's okay. the one who inspires uh-huh. you, gives you this, you know, gives you this confidence that, hey, maybe this is something I can do. So, was yeah. drawing something that came naturally to you? I mean, did you ever take any lessons? Um, was yeah. it something you really had to work at? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, like, really, I, and I don't feel like I really have a natural ability to draw. It just comes about from me thinking it's just really fun and wanting to create something entertaining for people, you know, and and that, that drive that makes me want to keep getting better. And to, to this day, you know, I feel like I'll never stop learning how to draw. Um, yeah, but wait, just to, just to, oh, sorry, I didn't interrupt you. Just to compliment oh, you. No, you no, can yeah. draw. I mean, I've seen some oh, cartoonists <laughs> and their, their gags and the, and the actual like comedy is hysterical and the drawing isn't that great, but because the content uh-huh. is so good, it does make it funny. No, you have both. Oh, I sure. mean, you clearly, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, thank yeah, you. No, that's, yours is. No, that's an amazing compliment. And I'm sure most artists will say, you know, they're, they're we're on harshest critics. But, uh, but yeah, and so, like, I'll, and, and when I draw, I always have it in my head how I want it to be, and it'll never really achieve that, you know. So, but, of course, mm-hmm. everybody else doesn't see what's in my head, so they can see what I draw, and hopefully it's good enough. But, um. But but yeah, so going back to like, I don't feel like I have a, and you know, I have a pretty artistic family. My mom is real good at music. She can play the piano and the guitar, and she's a really good singer. And my nice. my dad, uh, my dad liked uh, when he retired, he worked in leather work, like making cool intricate book covers and oh and wow, stuff like that, and doing it. Yeah, and he was really really good at it. And, um, cool. So, and I never really knew that about him until like you know, a few years ago. Um, so yeah, and then so there's these. So I have, I think I have some creative genes um but as far as cartooning i'm the only cartoonist in my family but uh, that's just kind of been my outlet uh for for creativity and um and what did um so you mentioned your yeah. mom and dad real quick what what would what did your mom do yeah. did she work for a living yes yeah she was actually an elementary school counselor and um oh, and okay. so and yeah and, and my dad was a was a nursing home administrator so and it, it's kind of in both of those, yeah, so they really, like, my parents were always about wanting to help people, you know, like, my mom wanted to help, wanted to be able to help kids going through tough times in school, and my dad wanted to make 
people in their retirement, you know, or in their old yeah. age, uh, make that uh, environment as good as it could be uh, for, for people. And so, and that really, uh, to this day, I feel, you know, like that's uh, instilled in me to where, you know, like being, helping people, you know, in empathy, you know, maybe to a fault, you know, sometimes, like, you know, kind of feel like maybe, you know, but, um, but yeah, so my parents are in, of course, I grew up to do, draw cartoons, which could argue doesn't, isn't anywhere near as helpful to people as um, what they did, but but I think with my art, you know. But I think to pull this in, David, real quick, because then I read this about you, Uh how you talked about drawing is therapeutic, and the goal of your drawing is to make people laugh, and I can't tell you that using humor in my life is one of the biggest things that I do to cope with (laughs) really bad times, and you know, so, yeah, I think we could say, you know, your your parents, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, in my own way, I, I'm hoping that it's because uh, that's how I deal with, you know, uh, the hard times is drawing and looking at stuff that I like and kind of as an escape. And so I, uh, yeah, I hope in my in my way, uh, I am helping people also, you know, but I always credit to them for doing it. Uh, doing, that was a way harder job than what my what my do, what I do, what they did. So, um, well, I think yeah, all, it was very I, inspirational to me. I'm absolutely. Sorry. And I think all, all professions yeah. have their own, you know, it's all relative. All professions have their own challenges. Sure. And we'll get into, of course, a little later on talking about just, you know, eventually when you get out of college and the challenges you had, you know what I mean? So, but right. just to get back to the other quick question. So, I mean, did you ever take yeah. any lessons or was it just something mm-hmm. you worked hard at? Yeah, like other than just like, you know, the art classes in school, which mm-hmm. thankfully we had in our program. My son is in fifth grade now and his school doesn't have an art program. So they have music, oh. but um, so like, yeah. So in, so what I try to do is like, I, I do talks at schools on occasion when I can to nice. hopefully inspire someone like my teacher inspired me. Yeah, I might, if, if I could if get one kid to keep doing it, you know, because this is what I like to tell people like, look, look, if I could keep doing it with no training you know it, you don't have to really be, be trained to be a cartoonist you know it's just like you just do it you know just draw mm-hmm. and have fun basically play mm-hmm. around you know and um so i hope i can get that idea into kids because drawing can be intimidating but it doesn't have to be um, absolutely so yeah that's great um so. just to also pull in there when when you were growing up again we know that definitely you know you were interested in primarily drawing and, and you liked watching certain television uh-huh. shows. And did you play any sports growing up? Were you ever involved in anything? Oh man, no. I Uh-oh. was like, I, I tried, I played soccer. Oh no, no, it's okay. I, my, my parents signed me up for soccer. I did that for a few years. I was just never good at it. And they were, and my dad, he was a big sports guy, but he was awesome. And he was never like, Oh, you have to play. You have to try out for this or that. And he was like, right. they wanted me to, uh, give it a shot, you know, which is fair, you know, and mm-hmm. I realized pretty quickly I didn't have that that ability. Um, so, it, you know, I, I'm not an athletic person at all. And so it's like kind of, in fact, my whole personality is kind of like the opposite of, you know, I don't like really like watching sports games. I don't really get the fervor that people have for it. But, you know, that's just me. Nothing right. wrong with it. But, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, but, uh, okay. yeah, so, it's you know, I'm very artsy-minded. I like to sit alone in a room drawing while other people would go out and, you know, have a beer at the baseball game right. or whatever, <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, okay. Um, so yeah, just wanted to pull that in there because sometimes you learn yeah, interesting no, sure. things about no, I, people. Yeah. Um, oh, totally. Yeah. And while we're talking about, again, you being young, was, was school something 
that was challenging for you in terms mm-hmm. of outside of art? You know, just any any mm-hmm. subjects you had difficulties with or other things that you oh, excelled in in school? Yeah, like I I always had a hard time retaining like information that I didn't particularly respond to. So like I school I wasn't an awful student. I was a very average student. Like I really really struggled in math. Uh, which should be no surprise to anyone that probably draws. I think it's kind of the same way. But, yeah, me and numbers just do not mix. That was always a big struggle for me. And um, But okay. I was – the thing that I excelled at most, I was good at writing, creative writing. I always excelled well, and then I was in advanced English classes and stuff in school. And so and I even got to be where a teacher would assign a book that I wouldn't read, but I would – because uh, I was really good at kind of BSing papers, I would read like the back of the book, the summary, and write a pretty good book report on it. You know, just kind of nice. You know, hope hope they're not listening to me now. But uh, but <laughs> that was actually a good exercise in like you know absorbing the right amount of information. You know, and then I guess making up enough to where it sounds like I know what I'm talking about. I guess it was a good sure. you know training for you know writing later in life, creative writing. So so yeah, that was my school experience. Like I. You know, learning science and history was always pretty – I learned enough to get by, but I, again, mm-hmm. I, my brain just could not – I was always, you know, the cliche of the student that doodles in his notebooks instead of listening. Right. That was me. I would catch – you know, yeah. So I'm like, oh, shoot, I probably should have been listening to that. And so now there's a test tomorrow. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, so, yeah. Okay, yeah. but again, you did, like you said, you, yeah. you, you did – well enough that, you know, we'll get into talking about college and stuff shortly. Um, you know, another, okay, yeah. like you said, your parents were also, at least at least from what you said um, before your mother, especially when I, I read this a little bit, that, you know, she gave you a lot mm-hmm. of support and, and she was the one who helped you mm-hmm. get some of your sample cartoons into a, you know, a local newspaper. Do you remember yeah. what those cartoons were? Can you like, can you tell us about one of those? Um, man, I'm trying to think <laughs> if you can remember. Now. They were like little... At that, at that time, that was when I was, I think, maybe in sixth or seventh grade. When, okay. when, and I was really inspired by uh, the Far Side, the Gary Larson comics. Yeah. You know, were, uh, the one panel gags, and like I mm-hmm. think that's what it was. My attempt at doing that, from what I remember, and I can't remember what any of the gags are now. But okay. I, I think there was one gag about someone wanting to listen to books on tape, and they're literally books sitting on scotch tape or something. You know, really you know, really pun, you know, really dad jokey. Um, but, mm-hmm. but, uh, but seeing like the fact that my mom was like, you know, encouraging enough to be like, Hey, we're going to take these down here and we're going to see what they say. And then the fact that they actually was like, yeah, sure. We'll put, we'll put them in here. Um, That's you know, awesome. that was amazing, you know, and seeing them, yeah, seeing, seeing them printed. And there's something about seeing, seeing them printed on newsprint, you know, distributed everyone in your town, just really like, mm-hmm. I'm just like, man, that's just an amazing feeling for, you know, like when, like, you know, a week ago I was just doodling by myself, you know, in my room. Definitely. You know, nothing yeah. No, that's anything. crazy. So, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And it helps your confidence to show that hopefully, like you said, you, you were so into this that, hey, maybe one day this can be my career. This can be, you know, what yeah. I do for the rest of my life. So that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's fantastic. No, for sure. That's cool. Yeah, uh, yeah, I love the one panel stuff. And I, again, it's so funny because when I started interviewing, you know, you guys, more cartoonists, you know, that's not what I typically did mm-hmm. in the beginning. My my show primarily focused a lot on music just because I have a background in music and I was really wanting to give musicians mm-hmm. support. And then as I started to get into it, I was like, you know what? I love entertainment in general. 
let me start bringing different types of yeah. people on. So, you know, it was when I started to well, do the cool. research yeah. and I learned about like the, the gag panels and, you know, Bob Eckstein had some of those and I was just oh, like, Oh my God, this great. stuff is so yeah. cool. You know? <laughs> and yeah. And those women panels, like I, those are really hard to do. Like those are right. probably the hardest for me anyway. Like, cause you, yeah, you have one image to get so much in, right. in, and to do them well takes a really sharp mind. In a, mm-hmm. I, I did a few of them for Mad Magazine, but it, like it was just got to be where I, where I anything that I don't think is funny, I don't I don't submit, of course. And then like to get that past my own self publisher first, and like most right. of the time I just didn't think of anything I thought was good enough to submit. So, but the, the occasion, you know, and then you know I submit something, and most of the time they they get rejected. So. But then I've, occasionally I would get a few in there, and like, but man, just that back and forth has got to be a lot. So I just stuck to more uh, comic stri- uh, four panel type gag, you know, right. which were easier Definitely. for me to write. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so let's let's move forward a little more. Like as you're talking. Um, okay. So you get out of high school eventually, and and what were some of the colleges before we talk yeah. about going to University of Texas at Arlington? You know, what were some of the schools that you uh-huh. applied to, and and what made you decide to go there? Yeah, so what my <clears throat> college experience was interesting because I at the time I when I I really wanted to get into being an animator, um, like working at mm. like Nickelodeon or Cartoon Network. I loved you sure. know, animated cartoons and. And this is in 19, I graduated high school in 1998, and this is when, like, 3D animation was just exploding everywhere. And so it was, like, it was like Toy Story, and, like, and everyone who wanted to get into animation wanted to do, like, special effects, like the Matrix and stuff. And so right. I had actually had a hard time finding a school where I could learn traditional 2D animation. Um, you know, like, art schools had it, but, like, I was trying to just find, of course, no college around here offered a program like that. And I found... One school, it's called Full Sail University in Florida. That yeah, had a no, I've, program. I've heard of that. Oh, heard okay. of that? Yeah, yeah no, because a, um, real quick, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I mean, I, I I'm a I'm a fan yeah. of Howard Stern, so I know a couple of the oh, staff yeah, that work for him went there, <laughs> went there. Oh, cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah that's an amazing school. And um, uh, and they they were about to offer a, a 2D animation program, but they ended up dropping it in favor of teaching 3D animation which is just what I just didn't want to do, you know? So, yeah, so I was like, you know what? Instead of moving off to Florida for something that I just really don't have much interest in, I just, like, I'll I'll get a basic four-year, you know, Bachelor of Arts degree. Might as well just stay close to home because I'm – in case you haven't guessed, I'm a homebody. Uh, You know, I (laughs) love my parents to death. I didn't want to – you know, I didn't want to be too far away from home. And um, Mm – And uh, and I just started dating my wife now who, at the time, you know, and so I didn't want to be away from her. So I was like, you know what, I'll just uh, stay close to home. I went to the University of Texas at Arlington, and they had a and that a uh, good art program where I could just learn basic like drawing fundamentals, which I you know never heard to know, and I learned mm-hmm. sculpting, and uh, I did a lot of art that I wouldn't have otherwise, really, you know, which was great because it makes you think in different ways and creative ways, and um. And um, a thing that really helped me was I got on staff there at, at their university newspaper, the Shorthorn, and um, uh, I was an illustrator there for all four years. I went to that school, and That's um, great. yeah, won a few awards, and that was a good another positive experience where I uh, yeah I saw my work in print, um, like twice weekly I think is how often I would illustrate. Oh wow, awesome! And, and then so yeah, so that was another good training experience, and working with a staff is always nice. Um, and it makes you think of like how 
how to illustrate, you know, a story about, oh, an opinion article about, you know, the parking fees on campus or something. How do you make that funny? You know, again, right. that's something I would have <laughs> come up with, like, uh, drawing just on my sketchbook. So, so all this stuff is like made me take me outside of my comfort zone a little bit and, you know, make you think about the world in different ways and creative ways. So yeah, that was basically my college experience. And I just got a bachelor of fine arts degree in art. And, um, and from then just tried to make it as an illustrator. <laughs> yeah. So let's, let's um, oh, talk yeah, a little bit about just kind of, right. Some of the challenges that you, and I thought it was interesting when I was reading again, just, you know, doing my research and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, that it, that you mentioned, it took you around 10 years, you know, showing your portfolio yeah. before you started to land some, some big step with mad magazine and then SpongeBob comics. And I thought it was interesting about that was when, yeah. again, I was focused primarily a lot on, you know, national musicians that I had on my show and bands, you know, most of them, a lot of them, that was the theme, you know, the ones that did break eventually, meaning making it, you know, it, it took that, mm-hmm. that 10 plus years. So it was just interesting when I was, yeah, you say that again, too. It was just, yeah, it's just an interesting trend to see. Um, yeah. But yeah, and tell us a little bit about like a, some of the challenges you had and what your expectations were and, and what you learned from that before we get into, you know, talking about Mad and, and SpongeBob okay. and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So what I did right out of college, this is still like early days of the internet to where I I didn't really know how to network online really with people mm-hmm. like you can now. So I would like actually, you know, I'd spent a few years actually showing like drawings and paintings and little art galleries, you know, because I was still in the kind of art school mode where I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. be an artist, you can show in galleries. And so I found like, you know, kind of galleries in the Dallas-Fort Worth area that would kind of cater to that. You know, I would do like kind of pop arty, cartoony paintings and drawings. Cool. Um, and so, and that was fun. But of course, it doesn't, you hardly make any money doing that. Um, <laughs> okay. So, uh, which is, you know, which is fine. It's cool to see see your art hanging on a wall and people enjoying it and occasionally buying it. And so I, I did that and the thing, and I would, you know, still like didn't really quite know how to, you know, there's no one way to break into the illustration, right. you know, world, you know, so I'm just, I was just spent these years figuring out what my next step would be really. And so I would, yeah, you know, I, I would, if I hear about a place to uh, take a portfolio to, I would like an ad agency or something and they would, I get good feedback and, you know, they would never hire me, but they'd say, you know, do, you know, maybe add more, more, you know, make, draw your own, think of own advertisements you would do and, you know, kind of mm-hmm. just for your portfolio. And so I was like, okay, so I'll take that feedback and then try again. And then, um, and I would still, I'd get little illustration assignments here and there and, uh, but still just not quite knowing, uh, you know, how, you know, looking for that big break, you know. And, and real quick, uh, before I forget, I want to put, before I before I forget, because I want to pull this in while you're talking about this, you know, also share yeah. with us just, you know, um, what were some jobs you were doing while you were trying to break into, you know, oh, the sure. illustration yeah. world? Because I think that would be, I always like to hear what people were doing on the side to make money. And also, oh, yeah. you know, we're also in addition to that, what, you know, how were you managing the rejection and some of the setbacks? And did you ever feel like, oh, yeah. you know, I, I should just get a nine to five and yeah, talk a little bit about that as, oh, we're, as we're moving forward. Okay, yeah. So, no, that, that's great to mention. Like, what I would do is, like, um, yeah, when you get rejection, you know, it, it really, you know, because at the time I was like, you know, man, I I don't know if I like my art really. You know, I, we're all hardest on our own art, and then to hear mm-hmm. you get rejection, you know, it's like, oh, maybe 
you know, maybe it's not good enough, you know, to, to make it. And then, and you go through all these, all these things that were, you know, you have stuff out. Yeah. You know what? Like maybe I should just work. And, um, Oh, to go back to answer your question, I, what I would do to make money is I worked as a, uh, as a job that I actually started having to high school was I worked as a movie theater projectionist. Um, oh, wow. back when that was cool. an actual job you could do where like, I actually, now it's all digital, and I don't think this is my job even exists right. anymore. What I used to do, but I would assemble 35 millimeter, uh, run them, and operate, you know, uh, the projectors in them. Mm-hmm. What was cool about that job was it allowed me a lot of downtime to, to draw in my sketchbook. You know, yeah. And, and uh, yeah, and you know, I would copy from comics and stuff like that. So, so that was how I, you know, of course, I didn't make a lot of money, but you know, I was able to at least pay the bills, you know, mm-hmm. and um, and I, I was still was just like, and I never really was like I can't give up because I don't know what else to do <laughs> you know like honestly right. I was like the thought of yeah I was like this is really the only thing I know I feel like I know how to do even if I don't feel I'm all that good at it but it's the only thing I feel like I could really dive in head first and keep at you know you know it, you know I'm like the thought of like trying to do like work in an office you know like I just don't think I, I would be able to do it and be be anywhere near happy. So I was like, I made that the decision. I'm in like my late twenties that like, I, I'd rather, I think I'd be happier, you know, making a little bit of money at this, even as I was mm-hmm. a career, at least trying and doing it even on the side, than just completely abandoning it and just getting some, yeah, like a nine to five job that I would just despise daily. You know, <laughs> that's just kind of what I told myself, you know, through all the rejection and, and I, you know, I never really got to a point where I was going to give it up altogether, you know, because I would start to, you know, during that 10 years, like, gradually uh, network online with people. And this is when, like, you know, social media kind of started to become a thing. So I met a lot of like-minded artists, you know, through the internet. I kind of go through the same kind of thing, you know, and, and I networked with people that knew how to network better than I did. So they would put me in touch with this person or that person, and um, I kind of eventually, and that kind of eventually kind of leads to how my stuff got in front of the right eyeballs with SpongeBob and Matt and stuff, you know, because I didn't just go knock on their doors. They found me through these other weird ways that I kind of meandered around to. (laughs) Yeah. That's great. No, so, I mean, that's great to hear that, though. Like you said, as the internet started to become more relevant, that, you know, you were meeting Uh like-minded people. And that's nice to hear that they were supportive. I mean, you know, a lot of times in in the entertainment industry, there's a lot of competition and, you know, everyone wants to be ahead. And so that's great, though, that you found people that were trying to get you out there, too. Yeah. I found that, I don't don't think I've ever met a cartoonist that was, like, trying to push someone else out of the way to get ahead. Wow. Interesting. I mean, maybe I've just been lucky, but, like, everyone that I've met, you know, Every other artist has been amazingly supportive, even like big names that I've talked to. They're like, man, I mm-hmm. like this stuff. And, you know, you know, I want to see more and, you know, Hey, I could put you in touch with this or that person. Like, so it, I feel like we're all like kind of on the same playing field, even though there's different levels of success, but like, yeah, you know, I, I've never, like, cool I've never met someone. That, and that's how I try to be with, you know, with people to get in touch with me now. I'm like, sure. anyway, I can help you. I would love to, because we're a community of, you know, like-minded people that just, Look, we draw silly things for a living. It's like we, you know, we shouldn't get our heads too big here. You know, it's like we're changing yeah. the world. No, that's, you know? I think you that's know? a really <laughs> interesting 
concept. I mean, in turn, like I said, I've only had a handful of illustrators and cartoonists that I've interviewed. But the one thing I can say uh, about, and, and again, everyone I've had the honor of interviewing, you know, all of you people are very seasoned. So, you know what I mean? You've been around for a little mm-hmm. while. And, you know, I think something I struggled with in the beginning was just even getting people to promote the podcast. I was just like, I don't understand. I'm bringing you on. Yeah. And I do these in-depth interviews and you can't share a link. But all of you guys, from know, the, especially yeah. from the cartoonist world, I mean, I can't tell you how much I appreciate just it, oh, it's a yeah. collaboration, like, even even though we're not working together drawing, you know, me sharing yeah. it, you sharing it. It's just it's been very, really nice to see how kind oh, everyone is. Good. And, yeah, I think some of that may just be from like, I still like find it mind blowing that I, you know, people pay me money to do to be silly for a living. And like anyone right. that, you know, wants to give give their, you know the time of day to talk about it and, you know, uh, get into it, you know, I, I think it's just kind of amazing. And so I, you know, I appreciate what you do for, you know, the artists you've talked to and uh, helping you. us, you know, spread the word. You know, yeah, appreciate yeah, it. And that's, and, and that's how I am just, I think you made the perfect when you statement before was just, if you can help someone out that you're there. And that's how I always been, whether it's career stuff, if someone wants to get into psychology, you know, I've had a couple yeah. of people, Asked me about, hey, how'd you get into doing the podcast? I want to learn from that. Again, I'm the same with you. And I think that relates back to actually more in my life, not having the support uh-huh. and me always saying, oh, hey, really? I'm not going to, yeah. I'm not going to be that person. I'm always going to be that person that will, you know, put my hand out there if I can and help you in whatever way I can. So I think, yeah. 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 So, no, that's well, great. I think that always, that always comes back to you. I mean, not to be selfish mm-hmm. about it, but. But, you know, it's like I don't – and I know in business, I'm sure there's people that get ahead by, you know, shoving others, you know, under the bus, uh-huh. you know. But I just can't do that. I don't want to be a success if that's what I have to do, you know. I no, mean, me neither. There may have been times where I could have – yeah, where I could have, like, you know, done that to somebody. But I, I just couldn't live with myself. I don't know. Like I say, I'm, just, I'm a sensitive artist. I feel for other people, and I wouldn't want someone to do that to me, and I certainly don't want to do that to someone, someone else. Yeah. You know, that's not worth it. You know, I think that's one. I I agree with you. And I think, you know, having that empathy and that's something that (laughs) I think I have too much of. I joke around. Oh, man. Like, I wish there was a a psychopathy pill because I need some of that. And, you know, I'm. (laughs) Yeah. No, so I can't look at the news much anymore. I'm just like, I want to help everybody and I want the world to be a happier place. And like, all I can do is draw silly pictures. (laughs) You know. Well, you that know, helps us that helps for whatever it's worth. That does help yeah. us out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. That's, yeah. so let's delve into, um, you know, the first, was Mad Magazine the first kind of big thing, so to speak, that you started yeah, working like, with? I, and tell us, tell us about how you got, in, you know, how you got in touch with them and, and how that started to develop. Yeah. Yeah. With, with Mad, like I was, I had, uh, I'm honestly not sure how I got on their radar because I never actually, mm-hmm. I never had the guts to actually submit to them directly, just like, just cold. Cause I'm like, man, there's no way, you know, cause I was like, you know, Charles Schultz has a story where he was, he said he never would even submit to the New Yorker cause he was, he was just for sure he would get rejected. And that's how I felt. I'm gotcha. like, why put myself, I knew I would just get rejected, you know? So, and so I was like doing, you know, I, back then I had a blog, if you remember what those are, you know, like, sure. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, and so I just put artwork up there before even I had a Facebook or MySpace even, you know. And Oh, gosh, I remember the I, MySpace. I know, wow. <laughs> I know, yeah, I think this was around before that was even a thing. So I would just have stuff up there and then meet artists that way. And then 
I think eventually my my work got in front of and like I put out like uh, I worked with some other artists that did we put out our own little, like comics and uh, self published our own uh, comics and um I think those got in the front of the eyeballs of of an art director at Mad and I, I could be wrong but this is like the only way I could think that he would have seen my stuff okay. and um and yeah he just emailed me directly he was basically like hey you know what we we think your stuff is good try submitting to us and I was like. Man, really? For sure? You know, so I should have tried this, well, I guess, way earlier, but it was like that kind of confidence thing. You know, I struggled sure. with a lot. And so, and yeah, so I eventually was like, well, okay, I don't want to, you know, squander this amazing opportunity that, you know, they have my, you know, I have their attention. So, so yeah, I started submitting anything I could think of, and I don't know how many things that were rejected, but they were always really, really nice and supportive and telling me what why it didn't work, and I just like, you know, just pass, never mind, this sucks, you know. Uh, but their feedback was always constructive. And so, and That's I eventually, good. yeah, sold my first, uh, my first cartoon to them that was in the, it was in the front of the magazine. It was called the Fundalini Pages. They have like some gag cartoons and a few okay. strips and stuff. And it was a, uh, it was a um, gag called like, uh, like New Trends in Hipster Facial Hair. And it was like, it was really bizarre. <laughs> Like beards and mustaches that these people would have, right. yeah. And I think, you know, because it and it it speaks to I think my strengths that like I like to have a funny visual, even if the, the idea isn't super strong. You know, like if I can get a laugh out of the drawing, you know, I think that sure. I'll win. So, so with that, like I, it was like I tried to make it really visually funny, and um, and yeah, they liked it. And then I was kind of from there, you know, I didn't have a tons of stuff in mad um because it was like again it was hard to get in there because they're pretty strict but um yeah i eventually started submitting like a few more kind of one panels that got in and then um i eventually created this superhero spoof called patience man whose uh only superpower was the ability to just be incredibly patient but it's always to the detriment <laughs> of who he's trying to help so like the first right. one of those there's like a woman who's, whose kitten got locked in a safe so he's like so his solution was just to go through every single possible combination you know, like, right. you know, you can think of. And so, of course, by the end, there's, like, flies and stink lines coming out of the, you know, it's horrible, you know, oh, <laughs> kind of dark humor we were talking about earlier. But, uh, right. but, yeah, so that simple setup I did about maybe five or six strips with him, you know. So, yeah, that Cute. was – and then being in something, like, as iconic as Mad, I was like, like, man, I guess maybe I can call myself a, you know, a professional cartoonist now or whatever – term you want to call it because that was just like a Mount Rushmore of you know like I mean that's like the thing to get in for me you know like I could call myself a success if you know I get into something like that who's just a, you know track record is just stellar as far as no it's amazing I mean it's amazing to have that yeah, like you said on on your resume and just the confidence and yeah, yeah absolutely you've definitely made it when right. you've done that yeah yeah nice for sure and and I, I felt like I could probably retire then happy, you know, but then again, goes back to like, what else am I going to do? I have other skills or desires, so I'll just keep doing this. Right. So then how did you, um, yeah. yeah, let's talk about, I mean, again, you've been in, you've had so many major successes with where your work has been. How did, now, mm-hmm. after that comes eventually SpongeBob. So, <laughs> yeah, let's hit on, let's yeah. hit on SpongeBob, uh, definitely The Simpsons and Garfield, at least let's, let's hit those three and then we'll start getting into some of your books and things like that. Oh, okay. Um, let's see. Yeah, Garfield <laughs> came out. Let's see. No, that was the SpongeBob was first. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, that, I think that came out right. 
I got that gig right around when Mad did. And um, uh, sorry, I'm trying to. The, the timeline is really iffy to the. That's I okay. think it was if it's my, not perfect, don't yeah. worry about it. We can we can bounce around. <laughs> know, That's not yeah. a big deal. I, I think in I think in pictures. So like. Um, sure. So uh, yeah. Um, uh, like I think my my art found its way in front of that art director through um the same ways that Mad found me. He was like putting stuff just online, you know, putting out wow. little comics that I would do. And um yeah, and his name was uh, Chris Duffy, who I still work with today on some projects. And um cool. He was amazing. He was like, hey, yes, yeah, stress submitting. Um yeah, I really like your stuff. I think it would fit with you know the whole SpongeBob uh thing. And um I'm like okay, sure. Also, I'll do a one page. I submitted like a one page um. Uh, idea um, that that he liked and put it on. It was like the back, like a back cover for a I forgot what issue it was. Um, so yeah, that was cool. So I landed landed that gig, and um, I just kept submitting and writing more stories, and they would get longer. And uh, I eventually had like almost a whole issue that he let me write and draw. Um, wow. And so yeah, and like in getting to play in that sandbox of like. Um, so you know, like someone else's, and like working on other people's characters is always compared to like letting someone like borrow your toys, and like as long as like you can play <laughs> with them and have fun, but don't damage them, you know, don't throw them down and destroy them. Right. And um, no, that's how I felt with something. Especially as like as iconic and like kind of as well loved as SpongeBob, I wanted to like at mm-hmm. least yeah, have fun, do what I do what I could to um make it fun, but you still do my thing and still be true to the character. Um. You know, and yeah, I was like, I had like a ton of fun with it. I wish it was still being published because that was like uh, just an amazingly. When did it? Um, and again, I'm, I mean, I'm I'm familiar with SpongeBob. I wouldn't be as familiar with some of the details. When did it stop being published? Uh-huh. I think in 2018. Oh wow! Okay. We put the last. Yeah, just for. Aww. I mean, comics. You know, monthly comics in general are just kind of have a. They're always been kind of up and down as far as. Um, well, I know. Go, I'm thinking. So. I'm yeah. thinking back to just like the Sunday paper, like you said, like like you know years and years and years ago when there used to be so much in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I always I loved. Um, remember Family Circus? Oh yeah, oh I love the one pan. Uh, I, I, I always love the Family yeah. Circus. Yeah, that was cool. Um, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. I mean, I personally, I mean, let's digress for a second, then we'll get into more talking about Garfield and Simpsons and stuff. But you know, something for me personally, I I like a magazine. Like, I like something in my hands. I yeah. don't, you know, I'm not really interested in reading a book online or, you know, when I'm working out and walking on my treadmill, I like that magazine uh-huh. in front of me. I like to flip the pages. I, so, so that's what's disappointing to me with a yeah. lot of this type of stuff is it's just everything's going digital and it's just a shame. Right. No, I, I'm the same way. I like to have, so I still subscribe to Mad and like to get it in the mail, you know, it's like mm-hmm. get an actual magazine. It's, yeah, that, I like to. Yeah, look through the pages, like the smell of the paper, and you know all that stuff. Sure. <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah. Yeah, I just like to have a, I just like to have a collection of, uh, you know, things to read. You know, instead of like, yeah, digital. I mean, it's great that you have such a reach with digital. You know, with the internet and, you know. Yeah, I think it's great like for that, certain but to, things, but and I right, I think right, it's yeah. disappointing too for people with careers like that. Like some of the, my favorite magazines I like to read, like Mademoiselle. It's like it went out of business. Like, so, you know, uh-huh. some of the, you know, some of the yeah. real big ones and then it's like jobs for people get limited because it's all going digital and yeah, it's just, it's, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just a different time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But oh, it's anyway. totally. And it's hard to, you know, all we can do is just adapt, you know. Sure. 
Yeah, and, uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> do what we that's can. all you can yeah. do. Yeah, so, okay, but that's congratulations on Matt and SpongeBob. And, so, yeah, tell yeah, us a little bit you. about yeah. um, Garfield. I know because that was one of those then, comics that you first started drawing when you were teaching yourself how exactly. to draw. Yeah. Yeah. So tell yeah, us, that, that must be like, that like, must be mind blowing that you're writing for them and working for them. Yeah, and and um, yeah, actually, I w- I didn't write. I was just a artist. Um, oh, for just the, artist for okay. the comic book, and yeah, which I would have been, been awesome to write something. But um, yeah, I worked with a really great writer named uh, Scott Nipple, who uh, was actually wrote for Mad, and I think he came across my stuff through uh, through Mad Magazine, and he was writing. He worked for uh, Jim Davis's company. I think, um, oh, wow. in a lot of the Garfield properties. And so he was like writing these scripts for the Garfield comic. And, uh, yeah, he asked me to be the artist for him. And so I was like, yeah, of course. Like, um, yeah, that would be crazy to, uh, yeah, turn, turn down that opportunity. Um, uh, and so, so yeah, so I just tried to bring my own style to it. And, um, by still you're making it recognizable as Garfield. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, and like, and I like, my favorite Garfield strips were the ones from like the the mid '80s, where he's like a lot fat, kind of fatter, you know, than he, than he is now. And so, like, if you look at my look at my Garfield comics, you can see like how it like, looks like how it looked like when I was reading it as a kid. Um, nice. And so, yeah, so that was just fun. Again, another one of those things where I'm like playing in someone else's with someone else's toys, and I'm doing my best not to desecrate. <laughs> you know? Right. <laughs> no, that's great. Yeah. Congrats. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, thank you. Thank you. And tell about and a little bit about the Simpsons. Okay, it's, that's another oh, iconic, yeah, again, you know. Another thing, and that was pretty intimidating because that was like a, a huge influence on me as a kid. And um, and uh, yeah, it was like the Simpsons comics was published through Bongo, who helped distribute. I think SpongeBob also. So I, I think I got mm-hmm. on the radar through just those kind of channels. And and yeah, they uh, yeah they asked me to yeah come up with a couple of ideas for. They were doing like a special issue of like two page spreads, um, and so I, was, I had like two pages to do kind of whatever I wanted to um, with the Simpsons characters, and they could be pretty much give me free reign. So I'm like, man, what do I do with the Simpsons that hadn't been done in 20 years or however long it's been on for? So right. I just you know brainstormed and came up with like uh, one idea where like one of my favorite characters is Cletus, the Slack Jaw Yokel. He's like this. Kind of dumb redneck character. It's like kind okay. of an idea where he's like he's like running some sort of like scheme underneath his uh, uh, his shack, and I had this cool like um, big drawing where Bart's like sliding down underneath like his his house with this big intricate like, kind of lair underneath his, his little redneck shack. You know, and again, I'm trying to remember what the actual gag was now. It's been a while, but right, yeah, no, but again, that's like, still funny. Yeah, yeah, like, it was like the visuals to me kind of come first. And, like, okay, how can I make, you know, a funny idea out of something fun to draw? So so that's how that came about. And, so yeah, and, like, I just did a, a few things for, for The Simpsons the, until it, sadly, it stopped being published as a monthly comic also. Um, okay. But, yeah, it was just cool. Again, another cool thing to have on my resume. And, um, Definitely. And I'll, I'll continue to milk it, <laughs> you know, for sure. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you don't have to. It's, it's there in print. I mean, you, you, you worked with them and yeah. it's, yeah, no, it's great. That's great. Yeah. Um, and again, I mean, I know you've done a ton of other stuff too, but just to, you know, to highlight some of the main ones that you've done, that's really cool. Yeah, no, now, no yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. 
Now, when you're just real quick, when you're when you're drawing, are you using? And again, I'm not as familiar with the different like you know digital mediums, so to speak. But you know, are you using mm-hmm. a pen and a like a pencil and paper first, and then are you transferring that digitally, or are you drawing on an actual um, tablet or something? Yeah. So that's the way I used to do it. I used to draw all my comics on 11 by 17 inch uh, illustration board. And um, okay. I had a t- template I would do, and I would, yeah, pencil and ink it all on there and then scan it on wow. a big large format scanner and then clean it up in Photoshop and throw in the colors. And that's, like, the only way I knew how to do it. And then um, about, like I said, three years ago now is when I got the – I tried the iPad Pro with the Apple Pencil. And um, that was kind of been a big game changer. I was pretty late to adopt a digital drawing. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not pretty low tech. I like to keep things pretty simple and like I'm not kind of like I'm not very techie minded anyway but mm-hmm. but, the, but the iPad makes it pretty intuitive and, um, and, you, and the thing I like about it is that you can still get a, a hand drawn look with uh, with it with the cause Apple Pencil is like pressure sensitive so it kind of gives the same kind of nice. effect as drawing with a pen uh, an ink pen and um, sure. yeah and so so I love that and it just saves me just a bunch of time and, and it's, it's easy to lay out pages and uh make changes easily and stuff like that so um so yeah so I'm, i've been doing mostly all my work is mostly digital now and okay and, uh, okay occasionally yeah i still i still draw in a sketchbook um for fun but but yeah to for everything i get paid to do now it's all on the on the ipad <clears throat> on the ipad and that's probably easier yeah. too in terms of probably submitting it too and one less step for you oh, to probably yeah. have to transfer it and yeah Oh yeah, because when uh, with the last few years when Mad was put, put, putting out uh, original material uh, monthly, they would I would do like daily uh, cartoons for like their their social media accounts. You know, so it would be like a mm-hmm. whatever was like a current subject. I would we'd we'd pitch jokes, you know, and in that day try to get something up. So um, doing stuff quickly was like I need to crank out something in like an hour or two. You know, like it was hard to do with on on paper. You know, sure, <laughs> sure. Yeah. No, it's cool. No, it's really cool just to hear a little bit about the process and and what each of you guys do, you know, yeah, individually. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, I always like to know how other artists work too. But again, I I, I keep it pretty pretty simple. You know, I use like one okay. percent of Photoshop's capabilities. You know, or and appropriate <laughs> the drawing program I use. Again, I use like a pencil and then a brush and then I upload it and color it and that's pretty much it. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, I mean, anyway, they look great. So, you know, excellent. Yeah. Well, well, thank you. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about some of the um the book illustrations because you've definitely had your hand in that too, so to speak. Um Tell us a little bit uh-huh. about, you know, the zombie chasers, because I know there's a lot of those out there. And just if anyone, of course, listening, mm-hmm. you know, you can you can get um, these books that David has illustrated on all major digital sites. They're, I've seen them on mm-hmm. Target. I saw them on Amazon. So they're they're all over the place, which is great. But yeah, tell us a little yeah, bit about Zombie Chasers yeah. and um, yeah. how you met yeah. John Klopfer. Because it looked like, I guess, you illustrated some of them. There was mm-hmm. another person who might have illustrated some earlier ones. So right. yeah, how did you hook up? How did you yeah. hook up with him? Yeah, like well, that was. Um... Yeah, so that series was uh, the first three were published by this really awesome cartoonist named Steve Wolford, who um, okay. I think he he worked on like Adventure Time and uh, a bunch of his own amazing comics. He's great, and um, wow. and then so I think through through Mad Magazine is how the publisher is uh, through Random House. Uh, 
mm-hmm. on me to come in because I think he had to stop doing the series at a certain point, and they needed someone to come in to, to kind of like uh, do his kind of his style, you know, but still like still kind of do my own thing, but still not mm-hmm. recognizable as how he works. And so, uh, yeah, I stepped in, and um, that was pretty intimidating. Uh, and but uh, I could not say no to that opportunity because again, it's like it was called Zombie Chasers, like we talked about. It was gross monsters and zombies and like you know, <laughs> you know, blood and guts and all kinds of gross stuff. Right. So yeah, that was a, in in the that was like the project where I was finally able to uh, quit my movie theater job because I was still doing that up until you know about 2013 or so. And, oh wow! And okay. Because I I signed a contract for I think about a four. Illustrate four books, and I was like, "Okay, that's a pretty good, you know, steady yeah. income." So after that, I can probably figure out something. So I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna do this full time now." So yeah, I did like four books in that series, and and um, it was it was amazing. It was a lot of fun, and the books are really really well written. And um, kind of like I say, it's kind of like Walking Dead for kids. Or, you know, that's a that's a good yeah, that's a, a good example. Yeah, yeah no, so, your work yeah, is, but really, your work is great. It's it's great. Yeah. I was checking some of it out Thank online, you, yeah. and it's really cool. Oh yeah, thank you. And yeah, I, I encourage people to to pick the books. Yeah, you can still buy buy them on Amazon and um get the whole series. If, you know, you have young readers. Mm-hmm. They're really fun. They're really well written. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. And then another one that you did too is yeah. the um. And I saw this was actually at Target. The Twisted Tongues that was by uh, Kit Lively and David yeah. Lumen, and you illustrated that. So that was funny. I was looking at some of those things too. And oh man, um, yeah, that was an idea <laughs> that um. And actually uh. Uh, we worked with Chris Duffy again, who was editor at SpongeBob. But uh, uh, I pitched that to him. He was working at Workman Publishing, and um, yeah, because I was like, we wanted someone that would like be kind of obnoxious for parents to see. It's like you know, and we were, the hope was that kids would like be like trying to say these gross, disgusting tongue twisters and gross their parents out. You know, that was kind of the right. idea behind it. It'd kind of be like little like, you know, this obnoxious, gross book that kids would love. The parents would. That hate, but just that kind of be, because, you know, kids like to antagonize their parents in fun ways, you know. Absolutely. So our book could be a way to do that, yeah. That's funny. Has anyone, um, I thought this was an interesting question, has anyone ever, like, you know, literally been offended by some of your work? Have you ever mm. had any people yeah. that were, you know, oh, just. Other than when I, on occasion, on, like, Instagram, if I get political, which I'm, decided not to really do anymore but like i mean of okay. course you can't help to not offend someone if you go that route you right know? right but, um, but as far as like me being like yeah anything that i've done that's been too gross or too weird like i haven't gotten any the people tend to be like the you know, the the weirder or grosser the better you know so right yeah like what's, what's and that's the, i don't that want to can... like offend someone like i don't want someone to have a negative no, saying... reaction though unless i'm intentionally trying to no, I'm not saying you're purposefully no, but, doing yeah. it. I'm just saying, you know, people tend to right. be, you know, how people tend to be, unfortunately. What can you think? Can you think yeah, of I, one of the one of the things that you did that someone, I don't know, did anyone ever report Did anyone ever report you on the social media saying they were offended oh, by it? Oh, no. I've never been okay. reported. I've just I've okay. had people <laughs> just commenting like, hey, you're, you know, yeah. So I shouldn't okay. be fairly harmless, you know, yeah. No, again, your like stuff to, is fine. You know, I make people happy, yeah, yeah. But, if someone gets yeah, offended I think, by, I think, my silly drawings, I think it's kind of more on them than me. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Absolutely. You know, I mean, it, yeah, I don't, right. there's not much that would offend me. Um, I mean, really. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, it's all fun here. Well, con- 
Congrats on the twisted tongue stuff. And then another thing that's what is the um the death hacks. So tell us a little bit about that. Oh, that's oh, what, yeah. that's not. I'm sorry, it's not TikTok. I think I mentioned TikTok. It's Snapchat. Yeah, tell us a little oh, bit about Snapchat, that. That's yeah. really cool. Oh no, that was that was an amazing project. And um, that was an idea that I, I worked with. Uh, Aaron Augenblick, who uh, he's mm-hmm. the head of Augenblick Studios in Brooklyn, and um, he has he has his animation studio for uh, I think over twenty years now, and he's they've done amazing, amazing TV series. Wow! And, um, and he had this idea for this show that kind of lampoons like YouTuber, like influencer cultures that like mm-hmm. to take on life hacks. How people say, oh, you know, you know what life hacks are. Yeah, but he had this idea of having two zombies that would go into death hacks, so it'd be like how to, you know make a iPad cover out of human skin or, you know, something like right. that, you know. Like, right. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it was just a, a parody of, uh, it was just a real fun way to, like, kind of lampoon, kind of almost like a Mad Magazine approach to, to the whole Instagram, you know, YouTuber, influencer, culture thing. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he, he wrote, um, he created the series and he got in touch with me and he wanted a designer because he'd seen, I think, my stuff on uh, Instagram and thought that it would work for the style and the look of the show, something like, gross yet funny you know like that's that fine line that i straddle in a no, it's awesome. and so yeah i worked as uh, yeah designed most of the characters and the backgrounds and the props and and um him and his animation wizards made it come to life and uh that's cool yeah, so like so yeah and it was incredible i still watch it today i'm just kind of fascinated and amazed by uh where all they were able to do and seeing my artwork uh Actually, in an animated show, which is and yeah, that's what's awesome. This time of year. Yeah, yeah. You, are uh, they still doing? Are they still listening. doing new new episodes, or is it just or yeah. no? No, it was just the one. Uh, yeah, it was just one series or season. One series, I guess they okay. Call it, that we did for yeah, and it, it was done for for Snapchat. So it it was meant to watch like on a on a phone. So I could watch right. it in like this rectangular vertical format, which is why it looks like that. Um, so that's like the ideal way to watch it, you know. But you know, you can watch sure. it you know, at deathhacks.com. There's there's links to watch it on. Uh, yeah, I Vimeo saw it online. Like that, so. Yeah, no, it was so, funny. Yeah, I saw yeah, it online. No, I, I yeah. encourage everyone to check it out. I think it's really funny. I wish we could have done more, but that's just the way, you know, things go. But yeah, we're all really really proud of it. And, yeah, no, it was great. You know, it was funny when I was reading about it too. Um, I recognized one of the one of the women that did the voiceovers for some of the characters, uh, Rachel Butera. Mm-hmm. I had interviewed her years ago. She's a you know comedian, voiceover oh, wow. artist. Yeah, and she did several of the voices for it. So I was like, oh my gosh, that's just it's so interesting oh, okay. to see. Oh, that's how, awesome. Yeah, how all this stuff kind of connects. Yeah, I was like, wow, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so let's get into uh, one of your upcoming. Uh, projects that's going to be okay, coming yeah. out in the summer of 23. So you're not goblins and other tasteless tales. So yeah, tell us first, how did yeah. you meet Rob uh, Kuttner? That's who you did the book with, yeah. right? Yeah, we Rob, we found each other, I think on through, again, through social media somehow. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a really, really funny writer. He's, he wrote for like Conan and The Daily Show. Oh, wow. He's won several, several Emmys and yeah, oh, he's amazing. He's really, really funny and and um, yeah, I was just, I was looking for, I this is after I think Mad stops picking new submissions, new submissions, and uh, Sons Rob wasn't being published anymore, so I was desperately trying to find a new project, and I was like, it'd be great if I could do a, I'd love to work out to do a graphic novel, you know, like mm-hmm. 
<clears throat> you know, and, and I've always loved like anthologies, like like horror anthologies. So I, I had this came up with this idea that's like a Tales from the Crypt style uh anthology book for kids. Oh cool. Um, so it's like so the so Swag Albums is composed of like five uh different stories and we have our own little version of the Crypt Keeper who's this crazy little weird little character that uh I'm gonna wait <laughs> for the book to come out to for it sure. to it's hard to explain. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, he came up with like, and, and so we just spitballed ideas and we shopped it around and then, uh, yeah, first, second, uh, took a chance on us. And, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard. I don't, I can't give away too much about it yet. But, uh, no, no, no. I understand. Yeah, Maybe like, we can, we'll really, bring you up, yeah. we'll bring you back on another time when you can really, you know, promote oh, no, it and yeah. delve no, into it. To. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, cool. yeah, but it's another one of those, uh, ideas that we're like, like, you know, Parents probably would reluctantly buy it for their kids. Hopefully, the kids uh, really, really love it. Um, uh, you know, because <laughs> you have to start on this line of publishing. Like, the parent is probably going to be one to buy the book. So, like, would they buy a book called Spot Goblins? You know, hoping that the right. kid likes it. So, yeah, I was just surprised that they let us call it that. And then when I, they didn't really water any of the ideas down much at all. Nice. So, um, yeah, which is always kind of, you know. And publishers are better now than I think they used to be. They let us get away with some pretty crazy stuff in it. So. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think even though you're targeting, you know, more of a younger crowd, so to speak, I, I think there's adults out there and probably even older people who would just buy it because they, they like it. They think it's funny. You know what I mean? Maybe they'll show yeah, it to their grandkids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and, like, we, you know, we, it's targeted towards, you know, like, you know, like the eight to twelve year old group, but like, well, I always like to consider it like all ages, where hopefully everybody definitely like about it. So, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Well, I think I think what's really yeah. cool too, as we're talking, is just you know your work. Like you started out interested in doing more of comic strips, but over time you've gotten into, as you said, books. Um, right. You know, your work has now become into an animated series. So maybe one day we'll see a movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So oh, no, man. it's great. Yeah, no, I mean, who knows? Like, I never in a million years thought that I would be able to do the, a lot of the projects that I've worked on. And um, and it just comes with like when people ask me, "What do you do?" And I'm like, "Well, I just say I'm a cartoonist, and and I've applied that to to books and comic books and animated series and graphic novels mm-hmm. and you know illustration for for you know advertising and." So it's you know I I don't want to pigeon any anything that would require silly artwork for I'm up to do you know like, sure uh, no yeah well and again we can also talk about another crossover which was which and I love them I I wanted to see if you maybe have one still in stock those nasty noggin uh, products that you did oh, with, yeah, with yeah. Vincent Scala so again not only are you in yeah. print and movies and animation but you you literally have these kind of like you said, based off of that kind of mad ball, cabbage pail kid type of thing. They're, they're awesome. Uh-huh. So yeah. tell oh, us a little you. bit about yeah. how you met Vincent and you guys developed this. And we'll talk just a couple about the, the products, if they're still okay. available, where people can get them. Yeah, yeah. I know, like, Vincent, uh, he's been a good friend of mine for a few years. Well, we met online. I just I loved his artwork. Um, I, I think I found it on Instagram. And yeah, he's a really great cartoonist and animator himself. And, um, and he's mm-hmm. put out his own vinyl toys before of his characters and I thought were just amazing and came out really great and um so I got in touch with him I was like man I'd love to collaborate with you on a toy project because I don't know the first thing about how to even go about it and so yeah he knew like we found this really great sculptor named David White who uh actually I think he works at a at Super 7 sculpting toys now for uh, amazing properties but um we got him wow. on freelance 
sculpture in them. We just gave him our 2D drawings of, like, these designs, and, like, yeah, the idea was behind it. Like, yeah, do our own version of, like, those weird, grossed-out 80s, 90s toys that we like. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, like, Mad Balls, Garbage Pill Kids. Uh, yeah, all that all that weird stuff. So it was just influenced by um, the stuff that we liked that we would have bought as kids. And, um, and so, yeah, so he turned them into a 3D sculpture, and we got them 3D printed and found a company that could make a mold and do the vinyl toys for us. And, yeah, there we are. Like, and it was a huge learning experience uh, for me, but it was it's amazing. You know, I have, like, a uh, physical object. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about earlier, it's a, a non-digital thing you can hold in your hand and collect, yeah. and the, which I think is very cool, yeah. No, that's cool. That's and, um, cool. Yeah, and um, actually coming out, uh, first showing next week, I have a glow-in-the-dark uh, version of uh, of this character that I named Granny Grunt. Which I think, I think yeah. the alliteration is just funny. Yeah. Nice. So um, I'm going to start showing a bright green glow in the dark version of her uh, for Halloween. I like to do a different Halloween uh, version each year. So that's no, going to be the 2022 cool. special edition. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's you another did the way Granny Grunt. Get, like, you did the yeah. Granny Grunt one and then the Masked Max one I have here. You did those two. And then Vincent right. had done yeah. the Ramblin' Rose and the Baked Gary. <laughs> Baked Gary. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, yeah, so we just uh, try to, if you get them, each one has, like, a lot of these weird little, we call them Easter eggs. There's a lot of these little funny details on, on the heads that the sculptor added, and the, you know, so, um, so they're, you know, they're, they're, they're collectibles, but, you know, you can, you can play around with them if you want to. My kids toss them around, you know. Sure. Um, no, that's great. Yeah. No, really cool. Yeah. Really cool, so. so. Yeah, and, like, it was just a fun way to just get, more, you know, get my weirdness more out there into the world, <laughs> you know, in whatever, whatever form I can, I can do it. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah. So while we're talking, yeah. let's talk a little bit about Halloween and, and again, if there's anything, of course you want to promote or, you know, people to, oh, okay. to look yeah. at, we'll uh, do that too. So what, um, yeah. you know, just okay. reflecting back as, as a little kid, what, what were some of the things that you enjoyed dressing up as? What did you dress up as for Halloween? Oh man, I like I I remember dressing up a lot of like whatever was kind of popular at the time. Sure. You know, so I remember like when I was a little kid, I had a Big Bird costume, and <laughs> oddly enough, I didn't think I dressed up as a lot of creepy stuff really. Like you think I'd oh, be all funny. about monsters, but I remember I was a Ghostbuster a lot. You know, because I had okay. you know, um, I think my my own the homemade Ghostbuster costume that I that I had. That I remember. I remember I was a California raisin one year because <laughs> I just thought it was funny. <laughs> okay. It was like, yeah, this, this really dates me. This is like 1988 or something. No, no, yeah. it's fine. And so, yeah, so just whatever I thought was like, like kind of funny and not scary, I, you know. For, for, That's for, kind of funny in a way, you reason. know, because when you think yeah, of I never, I never who you are and what you like. It. Yeah, that's what I was just <laughs> thinking. Like, I never would have thought about it otherwise. But yeah, I didn't really want to scare people. I just thought it was, it was fun to dress up as someone that would get a laugh out of somebody. <laughs> you know? Sure. I guess kind well, of makes sense for how I work now. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. There's yeah. your comedy piece. I mean, I remember oh. dressing up as a werewolf, as a uh-huh. ghoul, as Yoda. <laughs> so oh, that cool. showed my yeah. side of my, you know, the the horror type of weird stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's your What's your favorite candy? What do you like? Oh man, I really love. Uh, I'm probably Snickers. I'd have to go with. <laughs> okay. Uh, Snickers and I like Skittles and and any really anything that I can raid my uh, kids. Uh, there's really nothing not a lot okay. that I turn down. 
Yeah. And are your kids hey, into... I'm sorry, Carrie. Oh, sorry, Go. Carrie. I may have to cut it short um, yeah. here Let's pretty soon. Um, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Uh, um, um, don't worry about uh, it. So, yeah, That's but, fine. Um, yeah, there's anything, anything you want to hit on real quick? Um, yeah, why don't we do this? We'll wrap up yeah. and so you can promote your website and where people can find you, okay? Yeah. And then we'll, we'll okay. be in touch yeah, and yeah. Uh, we'll... We'll yeah. go from there, okay? Okay, okay, yeah. Um, yeah, check out uh, thegrandland.com, and you can see all kinds of all my SpongeBob comics I've worked on, and um, uh, see some of my mad stuff, and find my web my store where you can buy my nasty noggins, and uh, I have a Threadless shop where you can buy T-shirt designs, uh, stuff that I've done, mm-hmm. and um, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, that's way where you can find me on all my socials on there too. So. Okay. Um, so yeah, thegrandland.com is uh, uh, my main online headquarters <laughs> sure and we, and again he's also on facebook instagram etc so just type in david degrand you'll yeah. find him there too and follow him yeah but google, no thank you google my name all kinds of fun stuff yeah absolutely no thank you so much for yeah. for joining us david and um you know please promote the podcast oh, if anyone you. couldn't listen to it and it was yeah oh, pleasure sure. have you yeah. and a really cool learning about your background oh thank you no, this is really great thank you so much yeah appreciate it it's great talking to you Thank you, David. Take care. Okay. We'll be in touch. Thank you. You too. Okay. All right. For okay. Sure. Uh-huh. Thank you so much, Gary. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, David Grand. Uh, excellent interview with him. Unfortunately, he had a he had to head out, but we did an hour and fifteen minutes, so I think we really uh, nicely captured his his background and his life story of getting into cartooning, illustration, and writing. Um, so please follow The Carrie Edelman Show. I'm on Facebook at The Carrie Edelman Show. Uh, you could also befriend me on um, Facebook and uh, Instagram, uh, Carrie Edelman. And I always have updates for upcoming shows. And also iTunes is where all of my um, podcasts are also located outside of the Blog Talk radio uh, station. So if you want to just stream it, download it for free, it's all available there. Again, have interviewed national musicians, bands, cartoonists. Um, what else have I had authors on uh, TV producers so there's there's a really nice um, variety of uh, individuals in the entertainment industry and as I said every interview I do it's going to be a little different you're going to get a nice really um, rich background about who these individuals are and and how they um, got involved in their field so thank you so much for tuning in and have a great day Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.